Well, welcome. Thanks for being here with us mm -hmm. on Easter morning. Um, it's a different sort of gathering, but we feel blessed to be here and to be together. So good morning. Happy Easter. We hope you guys are making memories together, albeit different types of memories maybe that you would normally make. I know that has been a focus of ours this weekend. Um, the girls typically really look forward to our big community Easter egg hunt that we do as a church. And uh, without that, this weekend, we decided to mix things up a little bit. So what we did yesterday is they jumped on the trampoline and we put a bunch of Easter eggs on the trampoline and they started bouncing and uh, Micah took some slow, slow-mo video of it. We'll have to post it later so that you can see it. It was really fun. And uh, it was fun to watch them and to watch how excited they were. You know, often when we do Easter egg hunts, they're also they're just so excited and it's fun and, and it's a bit chaotic, but that's all part of it. But their favorite part isn't actually the egg hunt. And, and yesterday, their favorite part wasn't actually jumping on the trampoline with the Easter eggs. Their favorite part was still the same. And, and after they gathered all their eggs, they sat down together with all their eggs all piled up and they took each one carefully and they opened them up to see what was inside. And that was... That was the most important part to them, to see what was at the center of the eggs, the goodies, the little gems, the little toys inside, because that really was the heart of the Easter egg. And so that's something we wanted to talk about today. You know, I think um, Easter does that for us as in terms of Christianity. It, mm -hmm. uh, it, it reveals to us what is at the heart of what we believe and who we are as a community and as, as a people. Uh, resurrection is the heart of Christian belief. It is the crux of what Christianity was. So the apostles after Jesus' resurrection uh, went out into the world with this singular message, with this common message. Jesus is alive. He has risen from the dead. And that was at the heart of what they taught. That was at the heart mm -hmm. of what Christianity was and still is today. So today we want to talk about Easter and we want to talk about the resurrection. But first of all, let's look at a little bit of the backstory. So the main character is Jesus and Jesus was on earth 2000 years ago. He lived a life of love and a life of compassion. He taught people, he healed people, he had, he fed people. Jesus walked among people and he, he, had quite a few follow followers and the religious leaders of that day were jealous of Jesus. They were upset for, about all the attention that he was getting. And so they arrested him and they tried him unjustly. And then on Good Friday, we, we met together and, and took communion on Good Friday. On Good Friday, on Friday, they had him crucified and they killed him on the cross. So, well, thousands of people had been following Jesus um, and, and crowds flocked mm -hmm. to everywhere he went. He died on a hill called Golgotha, mm -hmm. uh, surrounded by murderer and a, and a thief. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, no one, very few people were there to witness his final mm -hmm. breaths. People had scattered and they were fearful. And so he was buried in a tomb outside the city uh, in a cave and a, and a rock was rolled over that cave um, uh, very unceremoniously. 
very little uh, happening mm -hmm. around Jesus' burial. And so there he, he lay in a tomb while his apostles and closest followers hid, mm -hmm. felt fear, and felt loss. Mm. Imagine the, the heaviness of that event, I can for them, especially on Saturday after it all happened and, and just the heaviness of everything that had transpired. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if they slept that night or not, but when Sunday morning came, things changed. Things changed very drastically on Sunday morning. The disciples, many of them together, um, huddled together in fear, a few of the women Mary Magdalene and the other Mary decided to, to get up and to get some spices. And they were going to the tomb, Jesus's tomb, to put spices on his body, which was a, a normal practice of the day, typically something done uh, before burial, but they just didn't have time on Friday. So they gathered the spices and they went to his tomb to anoint him with spices. And as they approached the tomb, they saw that the stone that functioned as the door to the tomb had been rolled away. And the tomb was open. And I imagined them running to the tomb in alarm that the stone had been rolled away. And as they walked in, they realized that the tomb was empty and that the cloths that had been that had covering Jesus were laying there where his body had been. And at some point, man, I wish I would have been there at some point two angels appeared. And we don't know much about these angels. We don't know what, exactly what they look like, but um, they're described as their appearance was like lightning and their clothes were as white as snow. And I can imagine the, the women trembling, fearful, uh, both distraught that the tomb is empty and then encountering these, these angels and the angels say to them, he is not here, he is risen. Go and tell the other disciples that he has risen. You know, there's a beautiful aspect of this story that, that I love, and I, I love to draw this out uh, because it's significant. Um, well, uh, Jesus' 12 apostles, the 12 men uh, that walked most closely with him while he was on earth and operating as a rabbi and a teacher, uh, they're, they're huddled in fear in a house. And uh, the women in Jesus' life are the ones attending to him mm -hmm. and the first witnesses of the risen Savior. And so they leave this place as the angel has sent them to, to go back and tell the apostles. And they leave this place and Jesus meets them on the road. Uh, Jesus appears to them and he says to them, do not be afraid. And he sends them on a mission. He, he says, don't be afraid. I have risen, um, but go and tell mm. the disciples. And I love this idea that the women who were attending to Jesus uh, would be the first witnesses of a risen Savior. They would be the mm. first voice of this new hope that was born into the world. And so the women encounter Jesus and they continue, like he said, to, to go tell the disciples and so I, I imagine them reaching that locked room and I don't know if they had a code or something like a knock code or somehow they get in, you know, and, um, and they tell their story. They tell what they've seen. They tell of the empty tomb. They tell of the angels. They tell of meeting Jesus. And yet 
the disciples are afraid. The disciples there are simply so afraid and they're frozen in fear. Do you remember, have I ever been frozen in fear? I, I wonder. I'm sure. um, I'll tell a story on, on me right now. Uh, when we were dating, you know, dating life and married life's a little bit different. I was still trying to impress this guy. And uh, Micah is a lot more adventuresome than I am. He he likes adrenaline. I'm, I'd rather not. Anyway, we were dating and we were up in Vancouver. And we came across um, this bridge that had like bungee jumping and it also had, had this tandem swing. So it was like a swing that they harness you in and two people um, at a time and they swing you off of this bridge. And there's like a river and it's really high up there. Well, Micah convinced me that we needed to do this together. And I remember sitting there on the bridge and I remember them harnessing us up and I remember them giving me directions, you know, to scoot up or to sit here. And I just froze. I, I just couldn't do it. Like I couldn't breathe and I couldn't do it. The fear was, was overwhelming. And I imagine as the women entered into this room where the disciples were were hiding in fear for their life because their leader had just been crucified, that they were frozen in fear. And so the women told them about Jesus and they just couldn't couldn't wrap their minds around it. Do you remember uh, their response to the women's there, witness of the risen Savior? <laughs> there is. In one of the Gospels, um, they say, it says their words seemed like nonsense to them. My words have never seemed like nonsense. No, to you, right? I cannot relate to yeah. that aspect of the Good. story. See, at he's a all. smart guy. But he's that's what guy. the men thought. They thought this is nonsense. They thought uh, this this could not be. Here's the crazy thing: no one was expecting resurrection. Everyone was feeling the loss and the fear, but no one was gearing up for resurrection. What was to come? And the thing is, Jesus had told them. He had laid out for them what was to come, uh, but but no one understood, or, or they didn't understand well enough. They were not expecting it. In fact, on this Sunday morning, this first Easter, this day that Jesus rose from the dead, there was no expectation. There was no fanfare. There was no churches gathering or bells ringing or all of the traditions that have grown up around Easter Sunday. Now today, it was a quiet morning and people were going about their business as normal. So um, the the men uh, were hiding in fear. The, the women had witnessed Jesus risen and told the men about it, but they still don't understand or believe. And so Jesus comes and appears to them in John chapter 20. Here's what John chapter 20 says. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. There's two phrases in there that just capture my attention. Uh, Jesus appearing to his fearful followers. And the first words he'll speak to them is mm -hmm. peace be with you. You know, we've been talking for the last four weeks or so um, about the words of Jesus. And we've been exploring um, what does it look like um, 
to, uh, to, to hear the words of Jesus in this time of turmoil and fear and struggle in our culture. And, um, and, and I think these are really pertinent words mm-hmm. today. Uh, peace be with you in the midst of our fear, in the midst of our confusion and not seeing the course ahead or understanding the plan or the things that will develop. Uh, we, we feel fear, but Jesus says, peace into that moment in our lives. And then he says to his followers, as the father has sent me, I am sending you. He says, the journey's not over. The story is not written. It is not done. Uh, the father sent me in love into the world. And I too am sending you into the world. And I think those are beautiful and pertinent words in the season for us as well. And they had such a huge impact on the disciples. The implications of Jesus's resurrection in the first century were immense. Here you had the disciples huddling in fear and then Jesus appears to them and they realize that he's he is who he says he is. Um, I, I wonder how many of them doubted when he was crucified, when when things didn't turn out the way they had expected. And then he shows up again. And I wonder if they remembered his words. He had told them a while back, he had said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. And in that moment when they realized that he is who he said he was. And we see how this changed their lives. It, it just turned everything upside down for them. It just rocked their world. They went from hiding in a locked room to proclaiming Jesus in the town square. They went from hiding to publicly sharing about his life and his teachings and his healings and his words. And at the core of what they said was his resurrection. In in Acts chapter four, Luke um, chronicles the story of the first century church. And in Acts chapter four, verse 31, Luke writes this. He says, with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. With great power, they went from being scared to realizing this was more important than anything else. We need to proclaim this. It changed their lives. And and for many of them, they died for this. Um, They were killed for this, but it was so important for them to share this new hope that they had found in the resurrected Jesus. Mm -hmm. So resurrection had profound implications in the first century in the lives of his followers. And it began to grow and spread throughout Mm -hmm. Israel and then throughout the world as, as history tells the story of the development of Christianity. And still today in the 21st Mm -hmm. century, I believe this story of resurrection Mm -hmm. has powerful implications uh, has powerful implications in our lives and for the world. And so I'll start with just the personal application of, of um, resurrection, but we'll broaden beyond that and talk about the global ramifications. But on a personal level, I, I just, I think this story of resurrection and each Easter uh, is a beautiful time for us to ask the question of, so who is Jesus? What do I believe? What have I come to understand about this man, Jesus? And the first century people were challenged with this question of, could he have risen? Did he raise? And for some of us that grew up in the church, 
the story of Jesus and crucifixion and resurrection is sometimes so commonplace that I think we approach it with apathy. Uh, but if Jesus rose from the dead, this changes everything. And I think this is a really good season for us to ask ourselves, so what do I believe of Jesus? What do I understand of Jesus? What do I believe about resurrection, the new hope and the new life that was preached in the first century? Resurrection also invites the world at large to hope and to new life. Now, Jesus is God. The resurrection proves that. You know, he created the world and he said that it was good at creation. And yet sin caused brokenness and pain to enter the world. And I think when we look around, we can see that pain. We can see brokenness. We can see hurt. We can see disease right now. We can see all that. But God has a vision for something different for our world. And his vision is a beautiful, beautiful vision. Um, God gave John a glimpse of this vision in Revelations. And, and this is what John wrote. This is how he described God's vision. He said, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. He will be, they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no, no mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. For he who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. God says, I am making everything new. And this is what God is about, making everything new, healing the hurt, restoring what is broken. This is a beautiful picture of the kingdom of God as it will be. And Jesus's resurrection is proof of this, that God both has the desire and the power to give new life. Jesus wants to heal and to restore our world. And this gives us all hope. I love that. The, the resurrection gives the world hope. So this is Easter. The tomb was empty. Jesus has risen from the dead. He said to his followers before his crucifixion, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. And they came to realize that in new and profound ways on that Sunday morning, that in Jesus, there is hope of resurrection and new life. Let's pray. I invite you to join me in prayer. Dear God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your love. Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. And God, thank you for your power and desire to create new life and to give new life, to heal what is hurt and broken, to restore God, to take away pain. Right now on this Easter morning, we thank you for your resurrection. And Lord, we hold on to your promises of a world that is different, of a world that is healed and restored, of a, of a world where love reigns. And God, we celebrate you today. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So each week we've been pitching a song your way, um, something that we can use to worship together and relates to the words of Jesus and the hope that we find in him in this difficult season. And this week um, we're going to post for you a song by Phil Wickham. It's called Living Hope. 
And it's a kind of a simple acoustic version of the song. Um, but about two thirds or three quarters of the way into the song uh, is where it begins to speak specifically about that mm -hmm. resurrection moment. It was powerful for me to listen to this week. And I hope it's something that you find hope and blessing in. Well, friends, thank you so much for joining us today. Happy Easter. We love you. We are here with you. Mm -hmm. Have a blessed day. Happy Easter.